Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. What, what, what a weekend. The Lakers win on the very last play. Yeah, not a surprise. The Pats stymied on the very last play. Surprised. And the biggest surprise of all, fellas, the Falcons failed to make the obvious right play, and they are still paying for that this morning. Falcons players do know that they can recover an onside kick right before <laughs> it goes 10 yards. The receiving team can do that, right? We'll, well discuss it this morning. The key, it's not as obvious as it seems. Well, as we sat around yesterday watching sports at the sports bar, you know, as you can <laughs> What do you tell, mean, we? You? Well, me. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Saturday college football was okay. I watched a little bit of college on Saturday. Wasn't, you know, as hyped as yesterday's NFL, obviously, right? And so watching watching the Falcons kind of stand around and figure out who was going to do what and point to each other until they realized, wait a minute, that other team is getting ready to get the ball. Hmm. We might want to dive there too. Then you look at Baltimore, obviously, the way they played. And Lamar Jackson, you look at Houston and, and poor Deshaun Watson. You watch Jared Goff versus Carson Wentz, one versus two. I'm the real one. Look at me. You are the two. Look at you. You're on your face, and I'm winning. And then you look at uh, Kyler Murray, one of Jay Will's favorite players in the National Football yes! League. Yes! Uh, Get it done! Take his team to 2-0. and So yesterday was – and then obviously to cap it off, the nightcap with the Lakers, A.D., uh, the big three plus the stop on Cam Newton at the end of the game, which I questioned the the play. I mean, I get it, but it's a that's a long yard to get. You know, I probably would have dialed something else up. Can I tell you, it felt like in the first hour of the kickoff of games, we had more injuries than we did <laughs> touchdowns. Seriously. I mean, I was literally, first off, as a Giants fan, heartbroken. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa. I mean, you can go through the litany of names. So once I got through that, I was like, oh, just added it to 2020. Tell me something else. I mean, watching the Lakers game, huge shot by AD. But when we actually talk about it, the breakdown of defense for Mason Plumlee was so bad. It was so – he did not – he got screened by the air, by eight, by the air in, in the atmosphere down in the bubble and called for a switch and left AD wide open for a game-winning three – it just, it just set the day on fire. His buzzer beater was the MVP moment of the week. MVP moment of the week brought to you by Sport Clips. It's a new season at Sport Clips Haircuts. All stylists are clean, certified, and guys smart. So, guys, let's just dig in. You mentioned the word heartbroken. If you're a Nuggets fan at this point, uh, you have to be Makes you sick to your stomach. Although, if you're a Laker fan like Key, you're thrilled. By the way, one thing that hasn't been discussed in the hoopla of the Anthony Davis game-winning shot down the stretch to win – the game for the Lakers. No NBA games, to, by the way, tonight, so everybody can lock in on Monday Night Football. Key, this is the furthest Anthony Davis has ever been in the playoffs in his career. There were some doubters. Does he have it? Does he want to take the mantle from LeBron? LeBron's trying to hand it to him. Furthest he's ever been in the postseason, courtesy of his own shot to put the Lakers halfway home well, to the finals. He, he still has a young career, right? I mean, he's, he's still young. I mean, everybody thinks he's like 15 years in. That's not – what is this, his sixth year? I mean, so he's still relatively young, and he was playing for the Pelicans. So it's not like he was on a dominant team. And I he's mean, been hurt. And he's been, yeah, somewhat in and out of the lineup here and there. Look, I said it before. If you could get 55-plus combined from those two with everybody else kind of pitching in a little bit, you know, even even Coos had a dunk. Not Coos, but uh, Caruso had a flush on him last night. I was like, okay. 
So when you start to get that going, you know that you got a tough out. You you just know LeBron can be off and not doing everything you want him to do from a scoring standpoint, but when everybody else is chipping in, you know you're going to have a real tough out. Now, and I think whoever comes out of the East, that's what they're going to face. They're going to face a tough out. Yeah, AD's been in the league for for 8 years, but you know, look, this is very similar. And it goes back it, it goes back to that comment I made before about LeBron being with D-Wade down in Miami, right? Be careful. That same conversation. No, sorry. I, I, I'm going to go there. That's what this show does. The conversation around that was D-Wade saying, hey, LeBron, take the torch. Take it. Take it, right? Like, we went here. This is how we do it. We're watching the same thing now. We're watching LeBron James pass the torch to AD. AD, kind of similar personality at first, right? Like, I'm not saying AD's extremely gifted, but a little bit passive from time to time, even though he's there. LeBron's like, hey, I need you to be a dog all the time. And now we're seeing AD be that guy. We're watching the same thing that happened to LeBron with D-Wade happening with LeBron now passing the torch to Anthony Davis. See, I I don't really look at it as – it's like a, Jay Will. Passing Jay the Will, torch Jay, of a mindset. That's what I meant. The Jay mindset. Will is saying, you know, passing the torch. From a mindset standpoint, I look at it as, as they dialed it up so that either one of those two could take the final shot. And AD just happened to be the guy that was left wide open. So, therefore, they have the confidence that he could hit the big three, which he did. One thing we should mention, they hit that game-winning shot wearing Kobe-inspired Black Mamba mm-hmm. jerseys that Kobe himself help to develop and design. If you're wondering, the other players that have hit game-winning shots in Lakers postseason history, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Robert Ori, Big Bob, Meta World Peace, Derek Fisher, and the late, great Kobe Bryant. And after the game, Frank Vogel couldn't help but notice wearing those jerseys, hitting that shot, reminding Frank of one man. Well, we want to embody what Kobe Bryant stood for. You know, and um, and honor his memory. And obviously, uh, you know, there's certain games where we're going to feel it a little bit more than than others. You know, when we have that uniform on, uh, I think we feel it more than others. And um, you know, that's that's a shot Kobe Bryant would hit. You know, so to me, you know, AD coming off, you know, that you know, just flying through the wing like that with a catch and shoot with the game on the line in the in the biggest moment of our season, nothing but net. It's a Mamba shot. How about that? No, I mean, it's it's true. It's, it, when, it's so crazy because as I watched the highlight, his form from that angle, even though he's a seven-footer, his form just as crazy as it may sound, looked like Kobe shooting the three. It just had that look to it. But that's that's what it is, man. It's, it feels good to be up to, oh, I know that. That's <laughs> it, for sure. That's a seven-footer over a seven-footer for a game-winning shot. It's a seven-footer over a seven-footer. Yeah, and but one seven-footer can't jump. The other dude can jump yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's – it's and when you watch the shot, actually going back and watching tape this morning, I mean, he got it off. He was still over Nikola Jokic. But all I was saying is that, you know, and Key, you made this point initially, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. that whenever you feel this positive energy around this Lakers team, whenever you see them make shots like that, it just – and I'm not saying that other teams aren't playing for something bigger than themselves, but you just – I don't know how you don't pay attention to the Lakers and not feel the presence of something like that. You know what I'm saying, Key? Yeah. Like not feel the presence of thinking of Kobe Bryant and them embracing that, Mm. owning that energy, and really having that translate through how they play. Well, as I said before, when we talked about LeBron in the past, about 
can he get it done? Will he get it done? All of those sort of things. There is no option mm. for LeBron other than getting it done. He knows that. He's put that out there on record. Mm-hmm. He knows what the deal is, and everybody within the organization knows the deal. It's, it's, yes, it's about winning a championship as a Laker, but it's also about winning it at a time when we lose Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. It's also about winning it in this pandemic. It's mm-hmm. also about winning of everything that we're doing and dealing with in the country. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's what it is. And you're right there, right there. You're right there. There's some sort of karma about hitting that shot wearing those jerseys. There's something else. There's mm-hmm. a higher power at work. For Certainly, I think. I mean, I believe in that stuff for sure in the world of sports. By the way, Game 3, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. So they're going to be right back at it tomorrow night. We're going to have to wait a couple days until we get the Celtics and the Heat. Anthony Davis scored the final 10 points of the game. That's another thing that hasn't been mentioned. Obviously, the last three were great, but he scored the final 10. This is after Jokic had reeled off 11 in a row earlier, and it really looked like the Nuggets were in control. More NBA talk with Jackie McMullen, senior NBA insider, 9-10 Eastern. She's covered a ton of Lakers-Celtics finals, and maybe we're heading there this way. Still to come, sure, it was all about the Cowboys' comeback, all about their comeback. But how does Matty Ice explain one of the most embarrassing moments in Atlanta Falcons history? How do they move on? Very interesting comments from their franchise quarterback on the way. All of our guests this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And we, as always, are presented by Progressive Insurance. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jay's got the soundtrack. Ready to go. Big, strong fingers. More Cowboy talk coming in one minute. The Cowboys rally. The Falcons debacle. Hang tight. That's one minute away. From A to Z brought to you by Redbox. New at Redbox. Antebellum starting Janelle Monet. Stream this theatrical home release today. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Bryson DeChambeau jacked. Literally, figuratively. The only player under par in the final round of Sunday's U.S. Open. He was the only guy under par for the entire four rounds, shooting a three under 67 mm. on Sunday, wins his first career major. He was six under. Next closest guy at even. So a six-shot win at one of the most historic courses in golf. Winged foot, ripping drives, as he has been known to do since he put on about 40 pounds of muscle. And here's a real quirk. The next two majors, the next two will both be held at Augusta National. It's the Masters coming at us back-to-back 
The 2020 Masters will be held in November, November 12th to 15th. You'll see the first two rounds on ESPN. And then the next major will be back at Augusta teeing it up for the 2021 Masters. Congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau. Jay mentioned this earlier, key injuries headlining week two in the NFL all over the place. The Giants, Jay's Giants, fearing running back Saquon Barkley has a torn ACL. That's according to ESPN's Adam Schefter and our Giants reporter, Jordan Renan. We'll talk a little NFL with our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, coming up in 13 minutes. Where do the Giants go from here? And oh, by the way, that other New York team. We'll talk about them, too. The 49ers can't catch a break. Yesterday, Bosa, Garoppolo, Solomon Thomas, Raheem Mostert, all leaving the win over the Jets. They were playing without D. Ford, Richard Sherman, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. I mean, how much more banged up can they possibly be? Christian McCaffrey left with a hamstring injury, ankle problems. Our injury expert, Stefania Bell, will be here at 810 Eastern to talk about all the bold names that could be on the shelf for a little while. And speaking of bold names, Deion Sanders announcing on his podcast, 21st and Prime, that he's going to be the next head coach at Jackson State University in Mississippi. He said, quote, God called me to Jackson State. The Jackson Clarion Ledger, the big newspaper out there, also quoted him as saying, quote, it's very big for Jackson State University. That's their new AD, Ashley Robinson. Not only for Jackson State University, this is very big for the country right now, very big for the state of Mississippi. What a coup by the AD, Ashley Robinson. Prime time heading to Jackson State. Of course, he will be a first-time head coach. Prime time. For the onside kick, Zerline dribbles it to the left, hadn't gone 10 yards. Big scramble for it as it has gone 10 yards. Cowboys think they got it. I think, I think they, they did. did. I mean, that's not even possible anymore, is it? I can't just say enough about the way our, way our players just kept fighting. No timeouts. Good snap. Good hold. 46 yards. Yes, sir. Kiss that pig. This is a big chunk of confidence that we'll, we'll carry forward. So very proud of the team. Very proud of everybody. All of those voices, Brad Sham, the voice of the Cowboys, the relief of Mike McCarthy, new head coach, all coming courtesy of 105.3, the fan. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including, as I said, Mike Tannenbaum, the old GM of the Dolphins and the Jets, coming up at 630. We'll talk Cowboys, Giants, Jets with him. So much to dig into. Real quick, Key, if you didn't really know the situation, there was too much going on this weekend. You were preoccupied with your own team. Let's just set it up. Cowboys down 20 early in the game. Furious rally. They're out of timeouts. Can't stop the clock. Need an onside kick. They go for the onside kick. They seemingly well know, like most people do, that the ball has to travel in the air or on the ground 10 yards before the kicking team, in this case Dallas, can recover. No such rule for the Falcons. At any point, you can pick up that football, pounce on it, lay on it, and the Cowboys can't stop the clock. The game is over. Dan Quinn said after the game, quote, our guys, they definitely knew the rule. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Right, let's go to you first, Jay. No, no, no. no. Go ahead, Keith. All right, Keith. They definitely knew Absolutely. the rule. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Give us the straight talk. Can he actually be serious with that? Yes, you know the damn rule. What do you mean? They practice this every, at least every Friday or Saturday, depending on when they're traveling. Special teams, period. So how does they, it happen? They, they, you go over these. They, they know. I, I don't know why. what happened. I have no idea. You got about six, seven guys near the ball in that area, and everybody kind of just stopped and watched the ball spin around, which really is kind of mind-boggling to me. I, I don't know why they did it. I have no idea. Hey, it's almost like they just – 
was waiting for it to go out of bounds. Keith, I, I can't let go. you. I can't let you give them an excuse. I'm watching this play. I watched it again last night. This is the worst thing I've. This is one of the worst things no, I've ever no, seen. There's no excuse. <laughs> this is hard. This I'm is, just trying to figure out why they do. You can't it. figure. Stupid can't figure stupid out. You can't figure this out, Key. This is you supposed to dive on the ball. There's no question about it. But just looking at their body language, it's almost like they were hoping that the ball went out of bounds, and then once they realized Key, it's it like wasn't, they don't know the rules. No, nah, they know the rules. They don't, they, know the rules. They, they, they don't know the rules. No, nah, they know the rules. Keyshawn Johnson. No, the ball, they know the rules. There is there are multiple black jerseys standing watching the ball roll right but in they front know, of them. But they know the rules. Okay, man. so hundred percent they know you, the rules. You can't say that you had a moment where it's like, well, the fans are so loud or the lights were just too big. I, there's nobody. It's silent in there. Yes. How do you not? If you practice that I, I every single no day, no idea why they did that. I have no idea why they did it. But I'm telling oh you, God. based on what Dan Quinn, the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, is saying, you damn right. They knew the rules. They, you know. I, I need Dan to have a sit down intervention with all teams, these players and special hands teams. Teams one on one. It is the you know from little league to I, the pros. That an onside kick goes 10 yards, you get it before it goes 10 yards when you're on the hands team. You attack the ball. You don't wait for it to come to you. If it was high and toward the sideline, you can simply bat it out of bounds if you choose to do so or grab it. You don't sit and wait for it to dribble and then wait and hold on to see like a, a, a baseball getting ready to go foul. You don't do that. That's a mistake on their part. Real quick, Matt <sighs> Ryan, on the short and long-term effect this might have on Atlanta, by the way, they're hosting the Bears next Sunday. I think you got to get the message across that, you know, it's a marathon. And, and there's no question this one stings, you know, and, and it hurts. But, you know, a lot can happen. we got 14 games to go in the regular season. So uh, there's there's plenty of time to, to get done what we need to get done. You know, but we've got to close out games when we get chances like this. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Instead of around, watch it. Reminds me of that Super Bowl game with the Falcons having mm. a big lead. But 25? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, they just, I don't yeah. know, man. Dan Quinn, hot seat. Here we go. He was on the hot seat at the beginning of the season. Speaking of the hot seat, who are the coaches on the hottest seats at this particular moment? Obviously, it's just week two, but there have been some disastrous starts in the league. How quick... Sorry, man, my reaction was to C.D. Lamb. Get out of bounds. But that's – you go, go. But as you said, he's been in the NFL for a day. Get out of bounds. (laughs) What are you doing? Fair enough. All the hype for the Cowboys rookie. That's his first piece of criticism. As I mentioned, coach is on the hot seat. Who is on the most scalding seat of all? Our front office – our insider with an answer you may not expect. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's head right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line to talk about not just what this means for the Cowboys, but the residual effect on the Atlanta Falcons. Our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, is here. I know Key's going to ask you in just a bit, Mike, on some coaches on the hot seat, but let's start with the guy that's squarely on it, Dan Quinn. The end of yesterday's game, he has gone 7-9, 7-9, and now obviously off to an 0-2 start. What do you make of the finish, the craziness at the end, and where he stands right now? You know, Zubin, that was a once-in-a-million situation. I actually, watching Atlanta over the first two weeks, see a lot there that I'm encouraged by because they could score points in a hurry. They have three bonafide number one receivers with really Calvin Ridley uh, stepping up to a whole other level this year. Uh, Hayden Hurst made some plays yesterday. They obviously, they have to close out games. They have a young pass rusher, Tack McKinley, that got hurt yesterday. And I'm not making excuses, but him and Dante Fowler, they could, if they're healthy and they could rush the passer, I think the ending of that game probably would have been differently. But they do have to close out games, probably have to make a couple more first downs in the run game. And obviously, Hayden Hurst there at the end, just fall on the ball. But as Matt Ryan said, look, we're two games into this. Uh, they're too explosive in my mind to count them out quite yet. I think one of the biggest challenges, they have the Saints and the Buccaneers in their same division. Mike, having been a boss man of a couple organizations, obviously the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, and running things from a general manager president standpoint, when do you know it's time to move on from head coaches because you talk about guys that start 0-2 that came into the season on the hot seat, whether it's Matt Patricia, whether it's Atlanta, Vic Fangio in Denver. When do you know as a general manager? You know, Key, that's a great question. That's one of the hardest decisions you have to make when you have the privilege of one of these jobs. But fundamentally, the question I always ask if I'm talking to ownership or if we're talking with coaches about players, which is, look, we may not be happy with the performance, and that's okay. We have to get it fixed. But who are we going to get and how are we going to get that person or player? So just to take Matt Patricia, obviously, so far, it hasn't lived up to the standards of where Jim Caldwell was before uh, they let Coach Caldwell go. And that franchise is going to be centered around Matt Stafford. So who are you going to go get in the end of September or early October 2020 that's going to give Matt Stafford and that franchise a better chance to win? I don't know if that person is out there. And I actually think Matt, Tricia, Matt Patricia has a chance to be a good coach. The results have not been there. But I w- that's the lens of how I would make that decision. So um, in any of these situations, the Jets or Detroit, you guys mentioned Atlanta, I find that, especially early on, patience is the way to go. Now, with that said, if you're talking to ownership, you want to have your list ready to go to say, hey, here's the two or three guys at the pro level who I would at least consider. Here's two to three guys in the college level I would consider. So you try to be three to six months out ahead of decision making. So while you may want to be prepared right now, we're in the end of September, I'd still remain patient. Mike, speaking of patience and hot seat, Adam Gase, obviously, that seat is warming up here in New York City. If the Jets somehow position, well, they're putting themselves in position to get the number one overall pick, but somehow they wind up getting that number one overall pick, 
What do they do with it when there's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields sitting out there with Sam Darnold currently on the team? Yeah, Key, this is a fascinating discussion, one of which we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, we saw a watered-down version where Josh Rosen was a top-10 pick of Arizona a year later. Cliff Kingsbury comes in. They move on from Josh Rosen, and obviously they've hit big on Kyler Murray. So I would expect the Jets or whoever was the, had the first pick to take Trevor Lawrence, closely followed by Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence is, to me, very similar to Andrew Luck. He's a once-in-a-generation talent and I don't know how any team with the first pick wouldn't take him. And now you get into the discussion of, well, what could you get for Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold needs to play better. And when they brought in Adam Gase, he was a finalist with a guy named Matt Rule. Matt Rule went to Carolina. And the whole decision-making process that the Jets said publicly was, Adam Gase and Sam Darnold, they're going to be tied to the hip. And that's our franchise for the next 10 years. So uh, Sam Darnold needs to play better. That would quiet everything down if he doesn't. It could be a whole new uh, situation in New York in terms of head coach, quarterback. But in my mind, Trevor Lawrence would still be the number one pick, even if Sam Darnold and the Jets were on the clock. Mike, let's talk about the other team in New York. Um, Tough day for the Giants yesterday, losing Saquon Barkley. How would you evaluate Danny Dimes without having Saquon there now two years in a row? You know, Jay, well, I'm actually encouraged. I think Joe Judge, he's shown up. Go back to their opener against Pittsburgh. They play with energy, confidence. They went down uh, with Chicago to the very last play of the game. Now, it was OPI on Golden Tate, so even if he caught that pass, they probably would not have won the game. Um, I'm encouraged. He has to clean up those turnovers. And key, he really reminds me a little bit of Mark Sanchez where there's so much good. And if you could just clean up those one or two mistakes, you really may have something. So uh, my trajectory on the Giants right now is positive. I think they're going the right direction. I think Leonard Williams is a guy for them on the other side of the ball, Jay Will, that if he, he could step up, it would at least give them something to have a pass rush around. He's flashed a little bit, but he needs to be much more consistent. Uh, losing Saquon Barkley, though, is obviously going to be huge. And we're going to see what Danny Dimes has. But based on his accuracy, my glass is half full with him. Mike, let's talk. stay right here with the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert got the start yesterday for the Chargers. What did you make of his debut? Yeah, I'm really proud of him because... I've been talking about Justin Herbert for the last couple of years. I think we have such an East Coast bias, and I'm guilty of that as well. I went out to see him a couple of years ago when I was still with Miami thinking he could come out. He reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger, guys. He is a big guy, like much bigger than people realize. Uh, he has impeccable academic credentials. He was a 4.0. He was a TA as an undergrad. And football is really important to him. He's a little bit understated and doesn't draw attention to himself. I think he has everything you want arm strength, physicality, touch, accuracy, and but for a 58-yard field goal, we may be talking about the undefeated Chargers led by rookie Justin Herbert. So if I'm the Chargers, I'm excited. I think I have my quarterback for the next 10 years. Mike, let me ask you this, and, and, and hear me out here. The Arizona Cardinals, they played a banged up San Francisco 49ers and a Washington team that you obviously saw yesterday. Are they for real or... They just kind of picking teams off one by one. Yeah, Key, they're really interesting. I think the hard part about when you prepare to play the Cardinals, it's and LeBron James talked about this when they lost game one to the Houston Rockets, when LeBron James said, hey, it was hard to get used to the Rockets' speed. And I think that's what happens with Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray is explosive. He's quick. He's fast. And he puts so much pressure. He decimated a really good Washington 
defense yesterday. And I think unless you know this opponent week in and week out, like an NFC West opponent will know them, they're going to be hard to prepare for. And they'll be a tough out because they could score points in a hurry. And Chandler Jones is a very underrated player, arguably maybe the best pass rusher in the game that nobody knows about because he's played in Arizona. So they could put points up. They could rush the passer. I think they're really intriguing. I think the worst part for Arizona is they're sitting there with Seattle and San Francisco. And I know they beat San Francisco, but I don't think they're as good as they are. So they're still probably the third best team in that division. And speaking of third, their third game is actually against the Detroit Lions. So a 3-0 and start certainly seems like it's in the offing. Remember, the Lions have lost 11 straight games dating back to last year. They lost their final nine of 2019, and they're off to an 0 and two starts. So it could be good vibes in the desert. Mike, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike T. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great to have his perspective. We'll talk with Dan Orlovsky to get a QB's perspective coming up at 715 Eastern. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you it's all about ESPN Audio at home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. It seems clear. He mentioned San Francisco. I think he meant the Rams Mm because San Francisco is toast right now. Mm -hmm. I think he meant the Rams. We will see. We will see. By the way, the 49ers, San Francisco, they'll be back at MetLife Stadium. They're going to take on the Giants this week. So by the end of next Sunday, they will have spent more time, as much time, at MetLife Stadium as the Giants and the Jets. It's just one of those quirks of the schedule. It was interesting to hear, Key, him essentially say Trevor Lawrence is a -a once-in-a-generation talent. I think about him the way I think about Andrew Luck. It's all coincidental because next week the Jets are taking on Luck's old team, the Indianapolis Colts. So mm. when you think about that comparison to Andrew Luck, they will be taking on Indy next week. Uh, clearly, they were not ready for San Francisco. If you saw the game, first play of the game from scrimmage, Mostert to the house, and essentially it was over with an 80-yard touchdown run just like that. He had a 67-yard run called back for holding. It was out of control early. Afterwards, Adam, had, Adam Gase, the Jets head coach, under a ton of pressure, as Mike had just said, on how he's feeling after the debacle against Buffalo and then the debacle against the 49ers. I'm pissed right now. I mean, that, 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 that's no fun going out there and, and getting your ass beat. So, I mean, we need, we need, to, get, we need to get better fast. Thank you. Adam, Adam. Fellas, Jay, especially if you're watching us this morning on ESPN News, essentially what happened was the press conference lasted less than two minutes. And then as a reporter was trying to ask him another question, less than two minutes in, they don't have a two-minute offense and he can't wait for two minutes. All right, so he's trying to just essentially walk off the podium while another question is being asked. You just heard it there. We get frustrated. I mean, you just got beat down by a team that basically had no players on it. And you scored 13 points. You're supposed to be an offensive guru and your defense got 31 hung on them. People, again, when you look at Greg Williams, I love Greg. Greg is like – The D.C. The D.C., yeah. I, it's – you know, it's one, you get caught in one of them situations where I love this guy as a person and everything, and I would certainly look to hire him as a D.C., but every time you look up, somebody's running wide open in the secondary, just running down the field. It's like every single game there's a bust. And you don't know what is going on, the communication, the miscommunication. That's why I said Jamal Adams, man, he just got to be in heaven. I mean, he's getting to do what he needs to do in Seattle. He's winning, and he's going to get his money. And he doesn't have to keep losing every single week. doesn't have to do that. 
I mean, how many players went down yesterday for San Francisco, Man. right? I mean, thinking about that for that team and, and then thinking about this Jets team, I, I just – every time I watch the Jets and the Giants play, it just puts me in a, in a perpetual state of misery. It, it really does. And I feel like with the Jets too, it's like right off the one opening drives. I mean, for to have that return – uh, it's just like you. I mean, if you could have seen our text chain, and this is this is the best about just to give people insight, right? Like Key and I are watching a game. We're in a text chain. Like Evan, our producer, is a big time Jets fan. Like right out of the gate, to, to see Key just start joshing with Evan about it's that's the state of mind that every Jets fans has right now. It's like who's going to be our leader? Who's going to take us there? And if it's not Sam Darnold, then fine, get out of the way. Let's get somebody that will. If it's not Adam Gase, then fine, Greg Williams, get out of the way. If you're that guy, find us somebody to help us start winning games. Well, you lose 31-13 to to a team that was dropping like flies. And I think, you know, it's very when – you, when you look at it from a player standpoint, it's uninspiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. It, it, you're not – I'm watching the coaching staff on the sideline, and there was nothing that gave me a belief that the Jets was going to make any type of run to, to close the gap. It just – it was just like they was just out there with uniforms and logos. You said dropping like flies. Jay indicated how much attrition there was during the game. So Jimmy G obviously didn't need to play in the second half. He got banged up. Nick Bosa got banged up. Solomon Thomas got banged up. This is just during the game. And then before the game, they did not have the services of Richard Sherman, George Kittle, D Ford, or Debo Samuel. And Key, this is just this is just me as a fan. The first play, the very first play after Bosa was carted off. The 49ers stuffed the Jets in the backfield and essentially said, it doesn't matter how many of our dudes are dropping like flies. There was just something there. It's just one play over the course of a game. But I just thought it was notable that the one play after Bosa gets carted off, the Niners' defense comes up huge. Well, look, the first thing that you do is you attack where the weakness is at. There, there, there's, there, you, wherever Bosa was at, you go right there. You attack that. But coaches sometimes don't act like they know how to make those adjustments. When a defense, I, so many times in my career, when a defensive back comes out of a game, the first thing we oh, he's out? They got this dude in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, start taking straws. Let's see who's going to go <laughs> and attack that particular defensive back. And when you look at Adam Gase and you look at the offensive staff, it was almost like they just didn't realize that there's a lot of holes in this defense, and they didn't go after it for whatever reason. Like I said, it was – Uninspiring to me. I don't, you know, I'm not the one that has to to uh, go to the office this morning and try and explain to my team how we lost to a team that wasn't filled with their starters and their play. I don't, I, I don't know how to explain that. I'll go ahead and say it. I, the Jets are the worst team in football right mm. now. They're there they're a mess. There it is. They're they're a, they're a legitimate mess. And Adam Gase played it safe yesterday. And I've heard this from multiple Jets fans and watching the game too. All right. You're down 24 to 3, 17 49 in the second. Like, you kick a field goal? <laughs> yeah, kick a field goal. You, or, you order a field goal? Well, we just want to get on the board, man. Well, stop playing safe. What, do you, what else are you there for? Try to win the game. At least show some kind of sense of urgency. And by the way, when little things like being at the post the presser, <laughs> at, at the post press conference afterwards, when you leave as a reporter is asking you a question, right. those things continue to manifest themselves, especially when fans see you play it safe and you're not getting results. See, that, and that's the problem with guys like me. If I was on the team with him, it wouldn't be pretty because mm. I wouldn't stand by the air and have you kicking the field goal. I wouldn't, as an offensive player and the, the leader of the offense and a guy that you're paying a whole lot of money to, 
my attitude is such that what the hell them three points going to do for us right now? Like I'd rather not have the three and go for it, go for and, it. And, and keep it moving. But, you know, you know how it is. They, they, they want to tell you don't say anything. Be quiet. You're talking too much. You're me shining. I'm trying to win a damn game. Yeah, the only place those three matter is Las Vegas, not in East Rutherford. So Jets fans are furious at Adam Gase. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan furious with the bad turf at MetLife. And if this was just a one-off and they were heading back home, that would be one thing. But we got to remember, the Niners are coming right back to MetLife to play the Giants on Sunday this after playing the Jets yesterday. He saw three of his guys leave the game. As you guys mentioned, they have a plethora of guys still hurt. Here's Shanahan real quick on the bad turf, and I want to get your guys' reaction, especially after you guys have played on creaky courts and bad fields and artificial turf, all that stuff. Here's Shanahan on the bad turf that cost him three players. I mean, who knows? I can't, I don't know. I don't know exactly why it happened, but as far as the feeling that was on the sidelines, it's, you know, I know, and that's as many knee injuries and ankle stuff and people getting caught on a turf as I've ever been a part of. Um, from what I saw, the other team did too. Um, I know our players talked about it the entire game, just how sticky the turf was. And um, with I think that was the first time people played on it, I think. Um, but yeah, it was um, something our guys were concerned about right away. And the results definitely made that a lot stronger. And um, unfortunately, it's a place we got to go back to next week. Mostert, Bosa, Jimmy G, Solomon Thomas all started all left key, and he is obviously putting the onus on the turf. Yeah, I, I, I understand what Coach Shanahan is saying, and, and you certainly don't want to see your players hurt, but I, I don't put the onus on the turf or MetLife Stadium. That goes to the equipment manager and the players. Explain and what that. I mean by that is the equipment manager needs to go out there, survey the land, Find out exactly what cleat size the players need to play in, whether it's flat tennis shoes, whether it's little nubbies, whether it's seven-inch spikes. That's how you could tell what you need because the Jets players were not falling in. It's their stadium. It's true. So they were not falling like wow. flies. So that's what you got to be able to do. The equipment manager needs to be able to tell the players what they need. And the reason I know this is because my equipment managers of the teams that I played on, when we had a different surface, they would tell us, How do like, keep- you need to change that because this is happening. And you go out there and you check and they change them for you real quick. And then you say, okay, I want to play with tennis shoes on or I want to play with little nubbies on. I don't want seven-inch spikes because it's, it's, uh, it's grabbing and, and it's gripping too much for me. Now, I was going to say, between all those different shoes, like, was there – Man, they got 17,000 pairs of shoes to change. So doesn't that change up your rhythm, though? Doesn't that change up your speed? No, nah, nah, not really. Because the, the grab that you have with the, with the friction of the field, though, it, at the it same just time? De- it just depends on what you're comfortable wearing. There's so many. Like, they got a whole big chest drawer full of little things, they could uh, spikes that they could just screw in, screw out. Plus, they got shoes that got, like, little nubbies on the bottom of them. They mm. have so many. Like I said, 17 million thousand pairs of shoes that are in that equipment chest that they could change in and out to make sure that you got the right things on. And then, then if and if you go out there and you're uncomfortable, you go back to the sideline and you say, I can't wear these. Then they change them out again. I've changed shoes. We played in Atlanta in the old Atlanta stadium um, in the, the AstroTurf. They put some sort of solution down before the game. They Because Michael Vick, I know it was weird, our defense was so fast. They thought that because they put this, they, they said they cleaned the field before, so that's why it was slick. <laughs> they put it down to try to slow our defense down. 
And, you know, I probably changed shoes six times during that game till I finally got the right ones, I think, in the middle of the second quarter because I was sliding everywhere. Yeah, we don't have that in basketball. You got one pair of shoes. I mean, you got 10 pairs of shoes, but it depends upon what you like. Which one did you prefer, turf or grass, real grass? I prefer real grass. Real grass all the time, right? Yeah. Just from a maintenance perspective, it's easier to maintain turf than it is grass. Well, it's the field turf. The the actual turf that I played with when I first came to New York was like – was like concrete. Then it eventually changed over to field turf, which at that point you you start trying to find the right cleats. Interesting. So the big story in the NFL to everybody was the Cowboys rally, the Falcons collapse, the Pats being stymied at the goal line. But there was actually a bigger story than all three of those things that happened on Sunday. What is it? Key and Jay will chat about it next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.